Perhaps you have heard about Temple Grandin. She was one of the first people to give a voice to or speak about what it's like to have autism. In 1991 was the first time that autism was labeled or identified as um, its own category in special education. And in the last 20 or 30 years, we have learned so much about um, autism. And today, each of the different uh, um, disabilities that are similar to autism are kind of all put together in something called autism spectrum disorders. And in autism, autism spectrum disorders, it's a spectrum, which means that there is a, a continuum of, um, of ability levels within this spectrum. In the autism spectrum, on one end, you have something known as high-functioning autism, and in the, in the middle, you might have something like moderate autism, and then severe or profound autism on this side. The autism spectrum could look something like this, and on one side, like when you have high-functioning autism, there's just a little bit of weakness with um, communication skills, and then that communication, the ability to communicate well with others, gradually um, is more gets worse as you go down as you go down the spectrum. So the autism spectrum can be thought about in just a single line like this. But autism, um, the spectrum could also be thought about more like this, where we have the there's all the different components of, of an individual, and so their IQ, their social-emotional interaction, communication, motor skills, fine motor, and sensory, all these different components fall on this spectrum. And so a child could, um, like, as far as their IQ, they could have a severe, um, a low IQ, or they could be gifted and have a high IQ. In the in the area of social emotional um, interaction, um, a child with autism could be more in the aloof category, but they could also, um, on the other end of the spectrum, then um, a child with autism just could be could be active, very involved, but just um, have some of those maybe social tendencies that may seem a little bit um, unique or different than what we would typically expect. Author Linda Young, in her book, Hope for Families of Children and the Autism Spectrum, states, if you've met one child on the spectrum, you've met one child on the spectrum. They're all different. And I think it's important for us to keep that in mind. Um, Every child, yeah, with autism is different. And there are though some general things that in general um, these individuals struggle with. This would be things like difficulty reading social cues and making eye contact when they're talking with someone. Also, um, a child with autism might struggle with re repetitive behaviors, things like hand flapping or eye twitching, but sometimes a child with autism doesn't have that at all. And so again, there, there's these different things that all fit into the autism spectrum category, but you won't always see them. Another thing that a child with autism can often struggle with is sensory overload, or they will just like something that sounds that I don't even hear, they will hear these this tapping or these sounds that can be very overwhelming. And um, listed in the description is a link for a video that shows what it can be like for a child that's struggling with sensory overload. Like just when they go out into public, what are all these things that might be um, coming at them that, that I would never think about? Or in the classroom even, if there's 
say there's a little noise or something um, buzzing, that could sound like an obnoxious noise to a child that's struggling with the sensory piece of things. Children with autism also often have very intense interests in something specific, like maybe an outer space or, or a specific part of math. They can just have these intense interests that can really um, can be a strength of theirs, their ability to remember lots of information and, and share it. Um, and so, yeah, those are just some, some general things that we can think about when, we're, when we are um, working with a child with autism. When a child has been diagnosed with autism, one of the, the um, methods of therapy that is very, um, is very common, is very accepted by professionals today is something called ABA or Applied Behavior Analysis. And this is like the systematic method where um, the professionals would teach, this, teach skills to individuals that um, with autism, like they, they kind of pick specific behaviors or skills that they want to learn and systematically train the child to learn how to do these behaviors. And there's a book that I found um, really helpful. It's called A Parent's Guide to Autism. So it's for parents, but I found it very helpful for teachers as well by Ron Sanderson. And this would go into a lot of details explaining what this ABA therapy is all about and how it works. But I think for teachers, it's helpful to, to understand how they... Um, analyze behaviors. I think that understanding a little bit about that is helpful for us as we're working with um, these maybe perhaps challenging behaviors in our classroom. So what happens when, um, or the first step when we're looking at these challenging behaviors is kind of to analyze them and to ask ourselves, so when is this challenging behavior happening? Is there something that is setting this child off that's making this behavior occur? Um, it's called the predictor or an antecedent. It's what comes right before the behavior. So for example, um, if a student has angry outbursts, and we might say, well, he's just, he is um, showing anger. Well, the question I would ask is, so when is this happening? Is it happening in a certain place at a certain time when a certain he's encountering a certain challenge? So what they will do is they will look at what comes right before this behavior and then um, think about, well, what is the result or what is the, the consequence of this behavior? And there are many different reasons that a child could be exhibiting any kind of challenging behavior. Maybe, um, maybe they tear up their math paper when they don't want to do it, or maybe they're um, being unkind to their peers. And so sometimes, let's just say, for example, a student tears up his assignment and throws it on the floor, and this happens repeatedly, and then he is sent to the office or sent to talk to the principal. That's the consequence or the result of this behavior. And it turns out that this child is doing, continues to do this behavior so that he can avoid this difficult thing that he's encountering in his work. And so what happens is when he is um, sent out of the room to um, become more stable and ready to learn again, he actually is getting what he or like it's actually reinforcing his behavior. And so what this what these therapists are doing is saying, well, what reinforcements um, could we give instead that would modify this behavior so that it will improve and and or lessen? Um, 
a child, there could be many different reasons for a behavior. So a child with autism might be doing their repetitive motions as it's a way to like calm themselves down so that you might see it happen when they're getting really uptight about something or um, really nervous or anxious. Um, you might see that those um, behaviors show up more often than sometimes um, a child <clears throat> will exhibit a certain behavior because they're trying to get something, because they're trying to get attention or they're trying to get, um, they're trying to, they need to stimulate themselves. They're trying, there's, so there's, <laughs> in this therapy, they are, they're really analyzing behavior. And I think that that's something that we can think about as teachers too. Um, what's the, what's leading up to this behavior? What's the consequence of it? And how can we shift this to help, to help, um, things improve? There are other approaches that we can have when working with a child with autism. So you, we could, there's many different things we could try. You could try teaching social stories, um, using social stories to teach them how should we be behaving in this particular setting. Um, I think we can teach students coping methods and ways to work with their differences. And, you know, it's just, it's who they are. And it's, it's not something that we have to necessarily um, change or get rid of. It's something we need to, we need to use um, in a way that, yeah, that can work in the in the environment of the classroom or in life, students can learn learn how to cope um, with the challenges that they're facing. In the classroom, I do think that it's important that we, or I think, our task as a teacher of a child with autism is to cultivate a classroom environment where they can thrive. And for a child with autism, things like having a fixed schedule um, where there's a lot of routine. There's just a very, like, we know what's going to happen. They're not surprises in our day. Um, that helps to bring stability to their lives. Um, also, I think it's important that our classroom environment isn't too overstimulating. And so if, you know, if you think about all of the things that they have to take in the world, it just looks different than it might to me. And I think we need to be careful um, that we don't have too much, um, going on in our classrooms, too many distractions or things that um, can overstimulate. And I also just, this is kind of in general with disabilities, but I really see that students emulate their teachers. Um, the way the teacher acts toward a child with a difference or a learning disability, um, it really, they, they mimic that. And they might, um, the way that I talk to a child with autism, they will do the same. And so I really think that it's important as teachers that we're modeling this um, love and acceptance and um, all of these pieces that play into how we want our students to interact with each other. Those that specialize in the field of autism have many resources that can be of help to you and the families that you serve. I will link below um, in this video, some other resources, some additional books, some other websites that could be a good place to start when you are thinking about looking more into autism spectrum disorders. For more free resources that support teaching and learning, visit the docforlearning.org.